Hello, it's David. Who else would you expect it to be? What, you're hoping it'd be Austin or Ryan or Carolyn? Well, you got me, so you're gonna have to deal with it. All I wanted to tell you was that uh, this episode will be discussing Avengers Infinity Wars. And if you haven't seen the movie, then be prepared for massive spoilers. And if you don't want to be spoiled, then maybe you should just turn off this podcast now and not listen to it until you've seen the movie. Uh, you've been warned, son. Here we go. Because Black Panther held it together like he didn't know how well his movie had done. I guess I'm not a cash cow. He just disappeared. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC featuring the VIPs of SBTV. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review very special episodes of sitcoms or just self indulge and talk about a movie we really wanted to watch. Uh, I am David Bitzenhofer, and the person who would murder their own daughter to <laughs> commit genocide is... Who wants to step up and take that one? <laughs> I guess I'm Austin Gorton, but I... Yeah, I knew it was you, I'm, Austin. I'm introducing myself under protest. <laughs> well, I, I've noticed you have a son, Austin, but... Uh, yeah, no daughter. What happened to your daughter, Austin? What happened to your daughter? Well, let's, I mean, you know, is, is half of all life blinked out or not? <laughs> And the person who's looked into millions of different future timelines and still none of them in which I'm cool is... <laughs> Ryan Alexander Tanner. <laughs> no hesitation. I'm feeling sick, just full disclosure. That's why... Do I sound really weird? I feel like I do. You sound sexy, Ryan. It's hot. Don't worry. Okay. I have a, I have like a Scarlett Johansson voice this week. Yes. So it's topical. <laughs> and today we are joined by our special guest, Mark Ginocchio. 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 <laughs> I should have learned from last time you were on, and then I didn't. I've got you're, no excuse beyond you're that. You're usually prepared, David. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, I'm very unprepared. Hi, Mark. Hi. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel so good, guys. <laughs> 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 all right well we've lost mark but uh, <laughs> he's our friendly neighborhood guest yeah he's a spider-man expert last time he was on here we did some spider-man comics and we talked about spider-man's thighs for like 20 minutes <laughs> and i'm just saying i wouldn't be upset if it happened again <laughs> Those armored thighs, those sleek armored thighs. 
And then the the, the yeah. spider, like the iron spider thighs that came out too. That those were pretty good too. So. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't even know what those are. Like his extra legs, the mechanical. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what they were called in the comics when he had them. They were just called super thighs. I don't think they were called anything. Yeah. Are yeah. they just spider legs? I guess. It was I don't just know. This, it was the spider armor. Yeah. So. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should say that today we're just going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War Part 1. Is that what it's officially titled? I don't think it's there's any... It's not called Part th- 1 anymore. Yeah, I think it's officially oh. just Avengers Infinity War. Though it is very clearly the first part of a story. Ah, <laughs> uh, we don't know that Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but we're just doing it because we want to. I don't think there's anything... I guess there's a special message about genocide in there, maybe? I don't know, but... We just watched the movie and I mean, want to talk about it. It was very yeah. special. I mean, I guess well, it's, it's a special kind of movie in that it's the culmination of 10 years of cinema buildup from the Marvel Studios films. And I, there certainly has never been a movie like it before in terms of the yeah. like number of characters involved and the way that they were all like set up in different movies and brought together. And Yeah, you literally... To fully appreciate this movie, you pretty much had to watch 18 movies before it, I believe, yeah. is the number. Which is just wild when you think about it. It's very truly a crossover event. Like, if you read a comic like The Infinity Gauntlet that this is based on, or even, you know, whatever, Crisis on Infinite Earths or something, like, it feels the same as this movie, which yeah. is so cool to me. Yep. Yeah. And that's our show. <laughs> <laughs> The end. That's our group assessment. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should say, too, um, not that we haven't already spoiled things, but, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie yet, why in God's name are you listening to this episode? But Yes, yes. There's going to be, yeah, as many spoilers as possible will be in this movie. I might just read the entire script. Once we're <laughs> we should just do a dramatic reenactment of the script. That would suck. It really would. That would be terrible. So... I will say that, you know, earlier in the last few years, we've had a Doctor Strange movie and a Spider-Man movie. And, of course, Black Panther was this giant hit. And it's uh, pretty ballsy of Marvel to just cut those franchises, like, out from under everybody and just be like, nope, no more movies. The characters are dead. Well, we'll get into that. (laughs) Mark, how do you think Sony feels about Marvel killing off a character that they half own the rights to, huh? Yeah, I know. Just... Outright. Well, well, they're just banking on all the bucks they're going to make from Venom in the fall. So uh, yeah. they're just counting so, the money. So they're just like, go right oh. ahead, Marvel. We're going to make upwards of a hundred million dollars on that movie. Um, do we want to go in order? Like, are we going to go through it? How do we? No, do I was just going to go more so. broad strokes. I think, and I oh, guess really? I'm starting with this because this is just obviously this is how it ends, and it's the most memorable that like. Nearly everybody is wiped out at well, the beginning. Of, at the end, yeah, yeah. Well, but do I we want to talk about our relationship with the thing, or how do you? I mean, you're the host, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. It sounds like you want to talk about your relationship see, with the thing. See above when David mentioned how unprepared he was for this. <laughs> well, yeah, I no, mean, we should we j- should probably talk about it, our. I guess we already. Well, I guess part of me was like we talked about this during the Spider-Man conversation. I don't know how much. Well, this is gonna would it be, but... would it cover everyone if I just said like 
probably have we all seen all of these movies and we're all fucking nerds is that cover it <laughs> yeah yeah has anyone not seen any of the marvel movies that's what i've been trying to think and i think i've seen them all i've seen every single one of them so and i guess if we wanted to start in order i will say like a week before Avengers came out. I guess, Mark, have you seen them all? I, before I, I, I have. And in fact, the only yeah. Marvel product I haven't seen is Iron Fist so far. And that's just because, and that's TV, but that's just because yeah. it got shot on. I actually haven't seen the Deadpool movie yet, but I should, right? It's pretty good. It's entertaining. I didn't think it was as great as everybody else, but I also yeah. saw it. Po- I also saw it post-hype. So I only saw it after listening to everyone on the internet rave about how fantastic it was for like six months. And then I saw it and I was like, well, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't like six months worth of hype good. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely getting to the point where I'm like, I've seen a lot of superhero movies now. Like, um, like even Wonder Woman, which I thought was very good. Like I thought the character of Wonder Woman was very good and very well presented. But the movie itself, like structurally, was pretty unremarkable like the whole end of wonder woman was just like i've seen that 15 times now and more and more i'm having it where you see a movie and there's some big thing and you're just like you know what man i've seen this like it needs more than just to wow you although this movie one thing i give it credit for is it really wowed you like which is harder (laughs) and harder to do now well what's kind of crazy as i think about it is i remember I, I would just, when superhero movies were coming out, and this is a long time ago, as you'll soon find out, I was like, had to watch every one that came out. And then it was actually the Electra movie I watched that I'm just oh like, oh. And then that made me, that just flipped a switch in me that I'm like, just because it's like a geek superhero movie doesn't mean I have to go see it. And yeah. so that's why, like, I haven't seen the Ghost Riders or something. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it's kind of crazy that in a, in a weird sense, I was already burnt out on superhero movies then. And now there's, you know, five times as many movies out. And I've probably seen more of them, but they're better quality, too. Yeah, they're good. I mean, I do think Marvel hasn't really made a bad movie unless you count that Hulk movie, which I don't really count. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and Iron Man 2 is not great. Yeah. You know what? I'm really soft on Iron Man 2. I gotta say, too, in general, I'm soft on these movies, because I think even the worst ones are good enough. Like, I'm not... Even, like, the first Avengers, you can really pick it apart. Like, it really falls apart under scrutiny, but it was so fun that, like, what's the point? And I feel like that about this movie a little bit, too. Um, My, like, simplest assessment of this movie, if I can just throw it out, is, like... Mm -hmm. You know, they have, like, Captain Crunch, and then there's Crunch Berries, <laughs> and then... Curious where this is going. <laughs> they made, like, oops, all berries. Like, oh, let's just uh-huh. make a box full of just the Crunch Berries. That's what this movie is. There's, like, no downtime. It's like Lucky Charms that's just marshmallows <laughs> in a movie. It's all the candy, right? Like... There's no... Yeah, it's like chocolate cake for dinner, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that, because I saw it twice now, I've seen it again, and it felt a little slower the second time, like, um, like it felt a little more like, oh, they're setting up scenes, it's not just nonstop action, but mm-hmm. even the scenes that are exposition, you're like, oh, Rocket Raccoon is meeting iron man or whatever the fuck you yeah, know like, or thor yeah even the slowest moments are like a bunch of 
character mishmash shit is that the only scene that is like a little bit kind of slow is uh scarlet witch and vision having a relationship but that's mostly because those are like the characters i could give the least fuck about of any characters (laughs) (laughs) and they're still fine i like them fine they're just not that great they're like the least great you know well they've never really developed scarlet witch all that much or the vision. I don't still don't or understand vision. what the fuck yeah. the vision is supposed to be. That character they don't even explain what his powers are or anything. That character is just <laughs> totally thrown in. Yeah. But he's yeah. a soulless automaton, so I was like, I don't know how much I need to know about this. <laughs> I would I would say that perhaps the movie's biggest fault was that if it was trying its its main attempt at having some sort of like tragic relationship at its core was Scarlet Witch and Vision mm. and like the that's one of up until like the big emotional beat at the very end where you know half of all existence gets wiped out the big emotional climax of the movie is her having to destroy the stone and killing Vision and she loves him yeah. but she has to kill him and they were trying to save him but they failed and all this and that relationship like whatever I felt from that was informed mostly from my comic book knowledge of the history behind that pairing, because on film they hinted at it in age of Ultron and then in civil war. If anything, it was kind of creepy the way that like (laughs) vision sort of seemed to be like stalking her. And, and for me, the creepiness of it was lessened a little bit because I kind of knew where it was going. But then this movie, it's like, Oh, between movies, it went there and, like, moved past the, like, sort of vague creepiness and turned into, like, oh, now they're totally in love with each other and now they are the, like, emotional undercurrent of this movie. And it felt a little rushed and underdeveloped. Uh, of all the relationships to, like, make that leap of faith with with the audience, I mean, that's that's a really wild one because, like you said, it's, it's uh, you know... Uh, uh, well, she's not a mutant in this universe, but uh, <laughs> do you want to get a sued mark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't say the M word; they don't own it yet. But yeah, I mean, it, it's there was very little build to it in the previous movies, and and I mean, it's such an odd pairing. Like you know, I I my wife saw Infinity War with me, and you know, I kind of prefaced it her you know by giving her a little bit of a rundown of the history, but she, even she was just like, wait, so. She's like with the android guy, and I'm like, right. yeah, and, and then Kinda. they, yeah, and they had they had babies, but not really in the comics, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's really complicated. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Well, I want to say a couple things about that. Um, one is that I think there was like so many different emotional undercurrents that if that one didn't work for you, there was like. A lot, like, even, like, I don't know, the relationship between Spider-Man and Iron Man is really interesting, or Thanos' yeah, character is yeah. really interesting, or, like, that Wakanda's being destroyed, or that... So I just felt like it was one of many, many things happening at once, and there's so many characters... You know, uh, Star-Lord and Gamora is really interesting to me, or... So I felt like, even if that one doesn't hit, there's so many options of what you can sort of grab onto emotionally. And then the other thing is that... I'm kind of cool with this shorthand that movies are getting. Like, if we had spent 20 minutes on 
in this movie or even on any of the movies watching vision and scarlet witch's relationship develop like no thanks i'd rather they were just like so it's two years after civil war and we've been fucking for two years and it's going well you know like get in and get out of there like i prefer that (laughs) personally that's i'm trying to think of the word for it that's like specious reasoning from you right because the idea would be you'd spend 20 minutes of them and their relationship growing so we actually care about them but you do it in a way that actually entertain you so you wouldn't say no fucking thank you you'd actually be like oh this is an interesting story being told right now and so the shorthand is just the writers not knowing how to get you invested so they're like just pretend like you're invested yeah i mean i guess ryan to use your example the the star lord gamora relationship feels more developed to me than vision and scarlet witch but i also don't feel like in either of the guardians movies we had to sit through like 20 minutes of boring relationship stuff with them like they managed to do with that relationship what david is talking about which is develop it while also being entertaining so you weren't being bored by it so it's more a failure of execution than anything well i just think too that the characters of vision and scarlet witch like even in the, I just don't give a fuck about those characters. So. <laughs> well, I mean that's, I mean that's fair. There, if they want to throw them yeah. in there, that's cool with me. And if they want to give them their relationship, I thought for me it worked fine. Like I get it that these people care about each other. He's got the Infinity Stone in his head, which is really like the whole purpose of him. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of convenient. Like only you can destroy the thing in my head. Like whatever the fuck, whatever. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I just, I'm not, I, I'm not saying it was awful or ruined the movie I'm no saying. no like i said if i that's probably the biggest flaw that i could find sort of in its structure but um i'm it, saying that movies have gotten a lot better now in my opinion of speeding shit up like yeah to, I I mean, to your want... point to that point ryan i think one of the things they did really well was like caps rogue avengers like yeah like you got the gist like okay they've worked together like in the intervening years between civil war and this movie they've worked together they're a well-oiled unit but they've been on the run and things have been kind of rough and they established that through like two lines of dialogue and an action scene and moved on like we didn't need to get like yeah this is our this is what our headquarters is and this is what we've been doing and here's some of the things that we. Right. it's like they established the new kind of what their status quo is and then moved on and they did that in a really sort of effective shorthand kind of way and as much as i would love like if they want to go back and make like three movies featuring the rogue avengers and what they were up to in this time i'd be right. cool with that but leaving us wanting more is never a bad thing usually not yeah i mean a lot of this stuff, if you look at these movies, they move really quickly. Like, there's not really a movie where it's just like, Captain America has an adventure. It's always like, it mo- has to move the story forward in a significant way, which is cool, but it's also like, some of these movies could have been five movies instead of three, I think. Where you just kind of, <laughs> yeah. s- you know what I mean? Where you sit with the character and he doesn't mm-hmm. have to like oh, yeah. lose an eye at the end or whatever, you know? Like where it can just sort of be, even the first Captain America feels like that where it spans so much time that you're like, this could have been two movies, you know? We could have just hung out with Captain America in World War One, yeah. World War Two for a whole movie. And then the other thing I wanted to say about establishing shit quickly, I think they're really good at having things cover different bases in one scene like the opening where having thanos beat the shit out of the hulk was like so effective i thought and sort of 
getting you a clear idea of what you're dealing with, like what the stakes are and how strong he is, that he just kicks the shit out of the Hulk and Thor, like in one mm-hmm. quick sequence. I thought that was like brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of this weird thing where I'm trying to think if they ever in Guardians of the Galaxy established like who Thanos is and why he's so powerful. Yeah, I was going to say that, I mean, I thought... Th- I don't know. He's just, like, a really bad motherfucker. I mean, they don't do his <laughs> his origin, you know. But, I mean, I think you know as much as you need to know about Thanos to make the movie work. I mean, this is... Yeah. I think that's another case, though, where they're kind of relying on the comic book fan nerds just to kind of know this guy's a big deal. At least I thought in kind of the build-up to this movie. But then that opening sequence... To me, I think just got everyone kind of looped in on what a threat this guy is. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When it was that classic comic book technique of have your villain beat up the strongest guy in the room to establish like what the stakes are and what the power level is. And yeah, I will say. So going back to like, have we seen all the movies? I was about I was going to go say that. uh I've seen, like, going into, like, a week before Avengers came out, I realized, and I knew this, but I was like, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet, and I should probably see that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty crucial. Just because (laughs) I was like, it's the one I haven't seen, so so I searched it out, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it, and we don't have to get into that. Uh, No, let's review it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) let's... let's, Ryan, you can never let me get through a sentence. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> no, but it was just, it was super, just because it happened to be the last movie I saw before this one, it was super jarring to go from like a somewhat melancholy but happy, like uh, ending of, you know, Asgard isn't a place, it's its people, and so now they're traveling somewhere else, but they're on this ship, but they're, they've got each other, their family, they're still... <laughs> You know, they're going to make this work. <laughs> and then you flip to the beginning of this movie where it just starts with half of them already being slaughtered. And you're like, whoa. It's like, Asgard's yeah. not a place. It's its people. And it's not its people anymore. Yeah, and, like, right. and now I'm seeing the end of Asgard. <laughs> I mean, they do that a lot in these movies, though. They go like, oh, sorry, Thor. You can never go back to Earth. And then in yeah. the Avengers, it's like, and now Thor is here. Like, no. they do that a lot. But it's just like part of it being serialized. Serials is like you go, okay, for this movie, you end with this feeling, but then, you know, you might start with something else. But that's just as its own enclosed thing, it works. Even Thor Ragnarok, like actually watching that, it made me realize like the people who ended Thor The Dark World, who did that movie, had a very different vision of what the third movie was going to be than what the third movie ended up being. Because right. it like ends with like Odin, Loki being Odin, you know, and like oh, there's you know mischief abound here, dark stuff's gonna happen, and then it just starts off, and like, and the movie was very much like in ten minutes we got to just get rid of all of this and just go where we want to go, and the Avengers, Avengers Infinity War kind of did the same thing. We're like, yeah, we you know we're just gonna do what we want and not worry about it yeah they do it all the time like there's avengers 2 was like severely disrupted by thor being like i gotta swim in this pool and have a vision about the infinity (laughs) and then the he's like oh i gotta go find the infinity stones and then the beginning of uh thor 3 he's like i didn't find the infinity stones (laughs) they do it a lot but it's just like again i would rather they just threw it away and were like fuck it then you know if we spent 20 minutes in avengers one 
seeing how Thor figures out how to get to Earth. It's like too much crap. Like I'd rather they just underdid something than spent too much time on it. Yeah, but it's just weird. They didn't have to end it. That I don't know. <laughs> it's, it just yeah. feels like a lack of planning too, though. You know. Yeah, I think it's like a pass the ball. I don't know. It is. I think it comes down to you have Marvel, the like corporate overlords that are sort of shepherding this story along. And like, I'm fairly certain they stepped in and made sure that, um, um, Oh, the guy that directed Ragnarok, whose name escapes me at the moment. Like they ended Thor Ragnarok ended the way it did because Marvel knew that they were going to kick off infinity war with Thanos attacking the as guardians. Yeah. But like when Thor two ended, you know, they hadn't picked a director for Thor three. They didn't have a script yet. They're like, we're going to make another one, but you guys just do this and throw something ominous in there. And we'll have whoever comes along next, pick up that ball and do what they want with it. Well, and they're also good at pivoting. Like, I think they also were like, Oh, Thor two kind of sucked. Yeah. So let's fucking switch gears super hard, you know? And they were really right to do it. Like Thor three is the only really awesome Thor movie. I mean, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it reminds me like, these are comic book movies in the sense of like the characters they're portraying and the stories that they're lifting from, but they're also created like comic books where you've got yeah. the, you know, it's, it's one movie, but you know, you've got a run of issues that ends and then the creators leave and then a new creator comes in and depending on how involved they were or what their tastes are, they may pick up where the previous creator left off or they might just, you know, kill that plot line with a joke in the first issue and then start telling yeah. their own story. And that's totally. kind of what we're seeing in the films as well. I know. Yeah. But then part of me is just, you don't always have to set up the next movie in the previous movie. And maybe you just end the movie completely and then you can start a new story right. the next time, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. But I mean, Thor Ragnarok was its own thing. Like that was a very satisfying ending of like, okay, here's this new direction. And then, they switched gears and the next thing they did, you know, like, but I think for Marvel, they're like, all right, we need Thor in space in a spaceship at the end and it's going to get rolled up by Thanos. So get there, however you're going to get there, you know? Yeah. And certainly I feel like there's certain franchises within the MCU that are more tied to the overarching story. Like none of the Captain America movies are kind of standalone and none, of right. the, and none of the Avengers movies, obviously, but like, I mean, Iron Man 3 is its own thing. Like, it doesn't, I mean, it, yeah. it takes its cues from events in Avengers, but it's not like significant developments happen there. Doctor Strange is a pretty self-contained movie. Black Panther is pretty self-contained in terms of like telling yeah. a complete story and not teeing up other elements that later movies have to deal with. Yeah, Black Panther did a really good job of standing on its own, but also fitting in the world, you know? Like, better than they've done in a while, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it would be really weird, like, if someone was just like, oh, I like Captain America. I'm going to rent Captain America 1 through 3 and watch them all. would <laughs> be like, what the hell? Like, it's so bizarre. I think that's part of why they don't have numbers, why it's like Captain America the blah blah blah. Because That's if you just called point. it one, two, and three, it's not a trilogy really of movies. It's like different yeah, parts of this yeah. bigger sequence that star this character. Mm-hmm. So, Mark. Yes. <laughs> at the beginning of this movie, like Loki's down on his knees and Thanos is all preaching to him or whatever. And then they're like, why are you smiling? And he says, because we have a Hulk. And then Hulk like fights Thanos, right? Yeah. 
Where was the Hulk before that? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you asking me that because you think I know, or do you want me to speculate? <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't had. <laughs> we've just been uh, monopolizing the conversation, so I'm bringing. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I think he was under the bed. Um, yeah. <laughs> which was, by the way, that was I. I enjoyed. I mean, there was this movie is so full of Easter eggs, with you know, from either with the comics or the movies. But I loved that initial callback, obviously to the you know the first Avengers with with Tony yeah. and Loki, and well, I have an army, I have a Hulk, and but the, again, like it just like that opening scene, just kind of turning everything that you think you know on its ear by just having Thanos be like, well, everything you did in these other 18 movies is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Loki, do we think he's really, he's, he's one that will stay dead he's, after this? Oh yeah. That's sort of the big question. Cause I mean, I don't want to skip to the end really, but well, we can, everyone who we dies at the end is that. Yeah. Well, that really fell flat to me because, like you said, you know those characters. I mean, Spider-Man 2 comes out like two months after (laughs) the next Avengers movie. So I read a thing about that, how there's going to be a big marketing problem. It's a prequel, obviously. (laughs) So I don't I'm I'm interested in how they do that. But I mean, I don't know, because there's the whole thing of like nerds like us versus like normal people who go to the movies, like who might have actually believed that those characters gonna die or who that don't know that there's another avengers movie coming out in a year to resolve this you know but although in the moment like when those characters start disappearing i was like oh shit like to see who died but you have zero feeling whatsoever that they're gonna stay dead which kind of is the only thing that really hurts the movie to me but people who die along the way like uh loki or gamora even um like i think loki's dead i think that's done yeah, it's just weird. And this is, you don't know what Marvel's plans are. I mean, I just don't know what another Thor movie would be if there is another Thor movie, which I understand is a possibility that, that there is not. But, yeah, like, because, yeah. like, there's no Asgard anymore. Now all the people are pretty much dead. And, like, I guess he could yeah. just go off into space and do something, but it'd be very odd. Asgard on Earth. Asgard in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, I was gonna say That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that that would be my guess is that they would they would loosely adapt the Asgard is hovering above a rural city in Oklahoma storyline from the I don't even remember who that was. Who wrote that? It was Oliver Copiel was, was the uh, artist. J. Michael Straczynski. J. Michael That's right. That's yeah. right. So my guess would be a Thor movie would be Thor with his fancy new hammer gathering up the half of the Asgardians that are still alive and trying to like supplant them in in america somewhere but you're right i mean chris hemsworth has his contract is up after avengers 4 and he's been pretty vocal about kind of wanting to move on and uh so yeah it could very well be no more no more thor movies and i certainly feel like tom hiddleston his star has like exploded so he probably has better things to do now than come back for repeat engagements as Loki. Ditto for Idris Elba. But we always say they have better things to do, but there's always dump trucks full of money that Marvel oh, has. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> what were you, you going to say, Mark? No, I said ditto for Idris Elba. I mean, he clearly has bigger things to yeah. do with his career now than, mm-hmm. than be uh, Heimendel. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because when I was watching, when I watched Ragnarok and there's the whole somewhat tacked on subplot with like 
Heimdall uh, hero of the people that's like leading the insurgency in Asgard. And I was like, I'm like, are they setting up for like a big like Heimdall thing in the next movie? And then watching this movie, I'm like, oh no, that was a swan song. That was basically them being like, we're going to give you a big part to do in this movie because then you're going to be done. Because yeah, Idris Elba has huge things he's got to do as well. Well, and sometimes it happens, too, like in the X-Men movies where they were like, oh, we'll get Jennifer Lawrence to play Mystique. And then between movies, they were like, holy shit, she got famous. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then they were like, uh, we'll find a reason why Mystique is never blue anymore. She just looks like Jennifer Lawrence and we'll give her a much larger part, you know. We're going to completely rewrite our entire franchise to make Mystique a significant character because she's played by the hottest actress in town. And I mean that in terms of her star power, not necessarily her your looks well but yeah um (laughs) so i don't know i mean it's interesting that's a big thing about this i'm a little curious if they're not actually asking certain actors to make it sound like they're not coming back like if that's part of the meta narrative of all this is to like convince us Mm -hmm. that chris evans isn't going to do any more movies I don't know. I did read a sort of like handicapping the odds of who was going to die article yeah. that mm-hmm. that basically came down on like Captain America dying by the for good by the end of like Avengers four seems like mm-hmm. such a sure thing that he's almost like, are we playing into their hands by accepting it as being mm-hmm. such a sure thing? Like, is that the narrative they're pushing to try to surprise us? But who knows? Right. I was going to say, I mean, just kind of counter to what Ryan was saying with the ending and kind of like knowing in a way what the, the fate of these characters were. I mean, something that I appreciated about how they did it was, you know, kind of, you know, watching this movie and knowing from the comics that there was going to be a high body count. I'm like kind of bracing myself for something with Tony or Cap or Thor, because you know that these characters are ending you know, the, you know, the, the, their end yeah. game is near contractually, and right, right. and the fact that they end up like faking you out and wiping out all the characters that you presumed were safe because of I like I I thought that was clever. Oh, I, yeah. I I appreciated that, and 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 you know I thought for most part a lot of those were executed really well. I mean, obviously the I mean the Spider Man Tony stuff when that was happening was just a gut punch. I mean, like, oh yeah, that. You know, that gets you right in the old ticker. And then yeah, I, just, I know I was like, bring those thighs. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's tough because I'm on the Ryan side where you just knew, like, you know, you see Black Panther disappear, and it was kind of shocking in the moment. You're like, ah, oh, just because he's so popular, you almost thought like they did have him for the second movie at least. But yeah. at the same time, you just know it's not. I mean, I assume we all agree that it's not permanent for any of these. Yeah, yeah. they're, oh, they're yeah, in the yeah, soul yeah. world. End of the <laughs> didn't have weight. disappearances. Right, but I mean... Well, they're going to undo what Thanos did. I mean, they're going to just... They're going to do that. Yeah. But um, I mean, like, I can I can intellectually know that Spider-Man's coming back from the dead because he has a movie coming out, but and still be, like, emotionally affected by the character begging Tony Stark not to yeah. let him die. I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, the character doesn't know that he's going to be coming back for his <laughs> right. sequel, and so it's... it's yeah. You know, and, but the character exists in the writer's head, and the writer knows, so don't you know what the writer... <laughs> this is where your logic gets in the way, David. Use, use your feelings. <laughs> I think you can tell, too... One thing you can tell is... I mean, there's no way they could have known 
how fucking big Black Panther would be. Yeah, like, that's right. their biggest yeah. character. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like these these movies uh that's like it's the world's biggest character right now. <laughs> it is. Well, these these movies like always do better with each sequel. You know, like three does better than two, which does yeah. better than one. Mm-hmm. And Black Panther one did better than any part three. Like only yeah. the Avengers movies have made more money than Black Panther. What I think Phase Four Black Panther is going to be the new Iron Man. He's going to be the new centerpiece that they build everything around. I could see that. But I think what they're doing right now. My once I realized that all the core Avengers survived, yeah. it seems very clear to me that the, they're getting the band back together because right. we still haven't seen Cap and Iron Man make up. So right. we're going to see the core Avengers get back together and uh, Captain America is going to shave his beard and put his suit back on. And, and Tony, uh, Tony's going to have a shield for him that he stashed away or something. Yeah, he's going to give him a shield back. Yeah, they're going to get it. And then the other thing is because it's like... And Hawkeye could show up too. I think Hawkeye's <laughs> going to show up in Ant-Man. <laughs> and uh it's like how do they top this is the big question you know mm-hmm. but what they didn't do in this movie is we didn't see everyone all together at once and i right. think that's the thing they're saving for part four we're gonna see like the classic versions of everyone and there's gonna <clears throat> i think they're gonna be fighting thanos or whatever i think nebula is gonna get the glove and undo the last uh 24 hours just like in the comics but then they're going to have to all take down Nebula, maybe including Thanos, helping them. But uh, everyone's just going to come back all at once, and it's just going to be this free-for-all. Yeah, I mean, I think I, mean, I think there's theories out there. But basically, when Doctor Strange looked into the future and saw all the uh, timelines and only one did they actually win, it probably involved him needing to give up the time stone. Like, he knew what he was well, doing. Oh, of course he, it did. He, yeah. he needed to give it up, yeah. and he needed Tony Stark alive. So, it, yeah, I mean, right. that's... Yeah, I'm fairly certain that the timeline he saw was with a living Tony in it, and that's mm-hmm. why he, that's why he did what he did. And that was one of the most interesting kind of lingering things from this movie, especially seeing it twice, is Thanos knows about Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's some greater significance. uh, Well, because of uh, the first Avengers movie. That's true, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting that he knew about him. They've also done this sequence twice. They did it at the end of the first Iron Man and at the end of the first Avengers where he flies too high and he kind of falls back down after his armor gives out and i Mm -hmm. think they're gonna do that a final time and it's gonna be i think tony stark is gonna have an ambiguous death where he might be dead or they might bring him back at the in avengers 4 as they're continuing to bring dump truck after dump truck full of money (laughs) into robert downey jr's driveway until he's like okay that's enough and then they'll reveal that he's still alive Mm mm-hmm yeah, because, I mean, he can just show up for a minute, and, like, when you can just see full armored Iron Man fighting, and then there's the shot of his face inside the yeah, armor. I like, I don't think it's that hard for him. That's one That's one of the things I, I was reading some analysis online they were talking about, like, with Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, they have to, like, get fucking jacked to play mm-hmm. these parts, yeah. whereas, like, Robert Downey Jr. can just stroll in from whatever he's up to, shoot his cameo, and then move on because yeah. he doesn't have to, yeah. like prepped for it the same way no he's like just put my head on it <laughs> that's why you know the hulk is safe too right he's oh yeah just, yeah he's just a cgi money mu- printing machine <laughs> so the only other thing i wanted to say about the ending to your point ryan um so like the t- so two things one was 
I was I was not surprised that Thanos succeeded in killing off half of the universe because I've read Infinity Gauntlet and that's how the first issue goes. I mean, that isn't even like the midpoint climax of that story. I was genuinely surprised that they ended it just with that, that without any like that happens and then someone is like, now it's time to get to work and, you know, some glimmer of hope. Like, you know, we, you know, okay, Doctor Strange saw something and that's why Tony's alive and they're going to regroup and figure out a way. But like the movie does not give you any indication that there's like any hope for the, for everybody that's left. And I thought that was legitimately ballsy. And then the other thing was that like, I mean, my wife has seen all of these movies and she's not a comic geek like I am, but she's pretty knowledgeable about how these things work. And she's certainly aware of the fact that like, there's going to be another guardians of the galaxy movie. There's another Spider-Man movie. She's uh, pop culturally savvy enough to know that like black Panther is the biggest movie in the world. They're not killing off black Panther, but she was still like legitimately surprised that it ended with all of those characters dead and was like sad about it. And I think it might just be because she doesn't know instinctively the various ways of bringing back those characters the way comic readers do. Like we're immediately thinking like, Oh, use a time stone and go back in time or they get the gauntlet and then use that to reshape reality to this. Whereas like, even for somewhat pop culturally savvy people, I don't know that their minds immediately start ticking away at those possibilities the way that ours do. And so it was still like intellectually, she knew these characters are in movies that are already on the release schedule. Of course they're coming back, but I don't know how the hell that's going to happen. What did they just do? So um, I, my fiance Lauren, she did not see this movie because she's only seen some Marvel movies, but actually I've only taken her to like Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, just the more one-offs mm-hmm. because we started dating after like all the Iron Man and Avengers came out. And so then that's it got me thinking about the Gamora death. And that's the one, like, I feel like Loki's dead for sure. But I don't know if Gamora's officially dead. And if she is, it's just going to be really weird if I, she wants to, if Lauren wants to see, like, the third, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, remember when Gamora died? And she's going to be like, what? Yeah. And it, it's not like I can just take her to this movie either. Because I think this is just a weird movie. Like, some... Sequels are good about catching people up to speed, but I just don't know if this one would work for people who haven't seen the majority of the Marvel movies. Yeah, my, I would say my, my wife definitely reacted strongly to the Gamora death because, I mean, you know, again, she, she kind of like you, your wife, Austin, I mean, you know, she she doesn't really read the comics but she she she's got knowledge probably just through osmosis of living with me yeah, they, they pick stuff up from us. <laughs> yeah and you know one of the things that you know i've talked about especially as a spider-man person in and historian i guess of sorts with that is the whole concept of fridging a female character you know killing all you know you know women in the refrigerator thing and that that was like her one of her first reactions like like you know, we were talking about the ending and like, you know, like who's st- who's really gone, who's not. And she's like, it's yeah. pretty lame that they fridged Gamora like that. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you were like, wow, way to use the terminology. Good job. Um, 
But even with that said, I she, I still feel like there are there are outs with her character. Cause, I mean, especially the yeah. fact that you see her as a child at the end with, you know, in Thanos and his reality there. I mean, that that indicates mm-hmm. alone that there can be some shenanigans and, you know, comic book logic to get yeah. get right, right. get her back. Yeah, I could just see. Yeah. Speaking of comic book logic, something where they return the soul stone and then she comes back to let, you know, something weird like that. Yeah. Where they don't reverse everything prior to that point, but she comes back some other way that different than how everyone else comes back, basically. Now, were there, so, was there anything that like legitimately surprised you guys in this movie? Well, I mean, I, we said Loki's death, specifically how early it yeah. was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And like I said, I was I was surprised that it ended without any glimmer of hope within the narrative itself like no yeah just nothing that was like you know, there's no like there is another kind of moment <laughs> to it where it's like you know oh well things are grim but maybe this will have i guess the closest thing you got was the the post-credit sequence yeah. with with the captain marvel beeper but um yeah and that was kind of interestingly executed because you're just like oh yeah here's fury he's gonna fuck some shit up and then he fades away again as well (laughs) oh there's been a bunch of post credits where like you're like oh yeah and then you can like hear everyone like explaining it to their friend oh that's gonna be captain marvel (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah the the whole the drive home the whole drive home like the five minute drive home from the theater was me giving my wife a like five minute rundown on captain marvel the original and the carol danvers and how yeah. they're related and why that's cool and, and, and it's like the one time i feel like these movies are made so that guys like us can like explain <laughs> get to share what we know to our girlfriends and wives <laughs> oh well you see the original captain marvel was marvel <laughs> god bless him um I was surprised that the Hulk that they kept the Hulk back the whole time. Oh, that was that. cool. Yeah. We should talk about that. What did you it was think cool. about that? Um, that uh, the preview gave you misinformation that you saw the Hulk. Yeah, I liked that actually, and I hope movies do that more because of fucking spoiler culture and shit. I'm totally into them. Doing well, yeah, that. I, David, what's your take on that? Because David and I have had lengthy conversations about this before too. There's, this is weird because, well, I mean, for a long time, there's been previews that are trailers that show stuff that just aren't in the movie. Yeah. And then, like, Star Wars Rogue One, like, actually had footage that they knew was cut from the movie. Like, for a while, it was always just like, well, in the cut we had, this was in the movie, but eventually the final cut took it out. Right. They then, make like, the trailer before they finish yeah. editing the movie, so then something cool from the trailer gets edited out in the final cut, so it's not there. But this was, like, on purpose to misdirect you, I know. I... I was into. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> and then Star Wars Rogue One was infamous, at least between Austin and I and some people on uh, about, like, they knew there was stuff cut from the movie, and they just put it in the trailer because they thought it looked cool. Or they spe- it was and the... they specifically shot stuff for the trailer with, like, the, the iconic shot of Jin Erso like standing up in the Imperial uniform in the like backlit hallway. That was just like her getting up after a after a cut and them being like, Oh, that was a cool shot, throw it in the trailer. Like it wasn't even yeah. being filmed for the movie, they just decided to include it. 
And so now this is a scene with where they're just they specifically put the Hulk in just to not have us know that he's not he can't turn into the Hulk. And it's just, I don't, it gets to the point of like, what's the point of trailers if they're not going to actually preview the movie? Like, just say this movie's coming out then. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, if you don't want people to know that he can't turn into the Hulk, then don't show him in the suit. Just cut those scenes out. And you, you're in control of what snippets of the movie we see. I don't know why you want to specifically mislead us into thinking a different thing than what is. I think because spoilers like... and shit have just gotten out of control. Like all the stuff that's like, oh, let's try to figure out the chronology of the trailer and put it all together. And like, just you can avoid it, but only to a degree. Like people on Facebook will be like, I can't believe that they're not doing that. You're like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> so I think anything that throws people off the trail of like what's going to actually be in the movie, I'm I'm into it. I'm fine with it. So why don't you just like film a whole bunch of scenes that just don't even matter and aren't even a part of the movie and make it seem like it's a completely different plot than it is? I mean, I don't. Then what's the point of it? Because they didn't misdirect the plot. We saw scenes that happen. It just was that um, rather than it being the banner turning into the Hulk, he was in the Hulk. But because you know that if they showed the Hulkbuster armor, people would have figured out it was Bruce Banner, and it's just like people would have figured it out. And then that was like one of the only really genuine surprises I got in the movie. It's like, oh, Banner doesn't turn into the Hulk, and he's in the Hulkbuster armor. I'm sorry this is getting so heated, David. It's getting a little uncomfortable. I'm not as passionate as I sound, but it's just one of those, I don't know. At some point, then you're like, don't show us trailers then. Well, I would be fine with that. I would be fine with no trailers. Like, You could always just not watch them, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would like it if the Star Wars trailer was just, like, Star Wars and then the date, because I'm going to go see it, so whatever, I know. (laughs) Well, that's where the producers or whatever put out some sort of, like, Twitter image or something, like a letter they signed asking nobody to spoil this movie, and I found that very pretentious myself, I'm like... Because, like, you, isn't that true for all movies? You shouldn't spoil them? Like, why is your movie so much more special that people shouldn't spoil it? I don't know. Well, it's a big yeah, event, the... and it's easy to spoil. I mean, I if know. people were just like, Thanos wins at the end and kills half the universe. Like, if you, someone just posts that on Facebook, but, but then you're like, fuck. You know? We all know that already. Their letter isn't going to tell us anything we don't know. Well, we know that because we're fucking nerds that read the comics. But, like, <laughs> again, the amount of people that... I'd say probably... But the only people who are going to see this on Twitter are the nerds! <laughs> I don't know. I'd say half of the people that saw this movie have seen, like, a few of the Marvel movies, not all of them, and are just kind of along for the ride, and they've never even heard of Thanos. They don't know what any of this shit is, you know? Even that we're like, oh, well, that. The, the, this stone is from Thor 2, and this one is... Like, people don't remember that. We're fucking pieces of shit nerds, is that, why we know that. I, I'm not... I'm not arguing you on that point. I'm saying the only people who are going to see that letter that they wrote to not spoil the movie are the super nerds who already know whether you should spoil a movie or not, I guess. Yeah, my, my wife never saw that letter. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm less, I've become less and less of a spoiler phobe. I think people get a little too bent out of shape about it sometimes. So it, I, it doesn't bother me as much. Like, yeah, sure, I don't want to, like, I don't seek out because the fact remains, like, trailer or no trailer, like, I could go online and find out pretty much everything that's going to happen in a movie before it comes out if I really wanted to, and I just don't seek it out, and whatever I can glean from the trailers, so be it. I'm not going to, like, it's not going to ruin my enjoyment of the movie if I see that uh, the Hulk, that it's the Hulk Buster armor 
running in that shot at the end versus the Hulk at the end. But that's just me. I, I've gotten cooler on that as I've gotten older. I'm also... I think I'm just in a rage over how big a deal trailers are now. And I'm yeah. like, they're just commercials. We're, we're getting really excited for a commercial. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to get, and now there's like pre trailers for the trailers. And, stuff, yeah. and I'm like, my head's about to explode. And we're yeah. through the looking glass here. People. Exactly. Mark, you have any opinion? Yeah. Where do you come down on spoilers, Mark? <laughs> well, I'm still angry from the Spider-Man homecoming trailer that that scene of Spider-Man and Tony Stark swinging and flying next to each other never made it to the final oh, cut. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. That no, I, I really didn't care. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, even having an idea of what was... Go- I still... I wanted, I wanted to be surprised to a degree because I, I, I think I had a lot of... And this is a really nerdy thing for even a nerd to say. I had a lot of anxiety <laughs> about this movie <laughs> because I was yeah. like, you know, like this is this was a this was a big thing to to pull off. And I was yeah. like, I I kept thinking going in like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna screw this up somehow. Like there's there's you know there's a lot of moving parts and you know the fact that you kind of knew that I knew based on years of reading the comics more or less how the story was going to go to a degree i was like so i you know i kind of went in and was shocked by even knowing the broad strokes of what was going to happen still being surprised in the journey of how they did it and the execution of it and and kind of Knowing something bad was going to happen to a lot of these characters, but not knowing when or how exactly, um, that that to me was something great. And then there were like little surprises, like the Red Skull showing up, which I totally. Oh yeah, that surprise! That was a surprise. I was not expecting that at all. Like that was that was a really great moment, and just like even some of like the character pairings, like having Thor, Rocket, and Groot together. Yeah, I thought was like, like a great trio and even like it, it kind of when you actually consider it i mean and this is not really i'm not trying to criticize this but like of all of like the side quests thor's was probably ultimately the least consequential to to the movie that was definitely the part where i went and took a piss when i watched it again right i was like all right we're gonna see as fucking hammer gets made again i'm you know get up for a minute oh come on when when groot when groot gives his arm to make the handle it's that's good stuff. I didn't know how I felt about that because it's not like Groot is like a cosmic being. I'm like, why is he qualified? <laughs> I mean, why does that make it so strong? It's just like a fucking tree person's well, arm. The problem <laughs> is we're, we've reached a point with the Marvel movies where we just accept anything because like we have no idea how Doctor Strange's magic works, what he can do, what he can't do. It's just like he's magic. And if he can do it, he doesn't. And if he yeah. can, he can't. And like the whole building the hammer thing, it's like, we need this neutron star and such to build it because we've got this template that builds it, but then it also heals Thor too and can magically help him. And you're like, it's just Marvel science, I guess, you know, <laughs> and you're like, you move on and you just accept whatever they say without questioning it. Yeah, I mean, that is, Doctor Strange does the same problem in the comics, yeah. although I loved the fight scene between Doctor Strange and Thanos. Oh, yeah. That was like one of the yeah. very cool. That's a good segue. That's a nice segue into one of my questions that I'll ask David and then Mark. Um, Ryan, you and I don't get to answer because I don't know who your favorite character oh. is, and my favorite character isn't allowed to be in these movies. So, uh, David, how did you feel as 
you know, our our token uh, Doctor Strange super fan. How did you feel about Doctor Strange's uh, portrayal in this film? I thought it was pretty good. He's still gruffer than he is in the comic. Like he's he's softer in the comics, and he's still mm-hmm. just like very ornery in these movies. He seems more sub- gentlemanly in the comics. I guess yeah. is sort of how mm-hmm. I think of it, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, because he was an ass, obviously, before he got his power. Yeah, power. we don't have to go over that. But then he's 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 more humbled, I think. But mm-hmm. they don't do that. Where it's going with it was, I was surprised at how he got more of a spotlight than I thought he was going to get in this movie, just because of how many other characters there were going to be. Right. And then, and I feel like he's being groomed to be the next Tony Stark. But mm-hmm. this is probably before they realized how popular Black Panther was going to be, which <laughs> might alter some of the things. So, I mean, and he's so, but he's almost too much like Tony Stark in this. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, also, like, have you noticed all the like, was... goatees in these movies? Everyone has, like, beards and goatees. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is interesting because the, because Doctor Strange's movie was so much just the Iron Man movie, but with Doctor Strange. Yeah. And, and magic instead of, you know, Tony Stark and technology. Um, so it's interesting to see them sort of butting heads in this movie because it's very much like, oh, look, it's the original Tony Stark and the new Tony Stark. Yeah, exactly. It's like two positives repelling off of each other. Um, now, you get the and then you get the odd situation where, A, he's like, I'm not going to give up the time stone no matter what. And, you know, because your lives aren't as important as the billions that are going to die if I do it, which makes sense. I mean, it's kind (laughs) of. Yeah. And then he ends up doing it and it's kind of played as a character moment where he kind of, you know, not knowingly gets on the cap side of like, we don't trade lives. You know, maybe it's not worth it, maybe to sell my soul just to keep this or whatever. And so he gives it up. But then that's probably going to get a bit undercut because we kind of know that he knows the one way they can win. So and it probably involved him giving up the time yeah. stone. So then it really wasn't as like heartfelt as it might seem where he's just like, I kind of like Tony now. I'm not going to let him die. <laughs> Maybe it's just like, this is the only way we can win. So it's still very it, uh, it becomes utilitarian. It becomes less character growth and more like cunning strategy yeah <laughs> when i saw it the first time i was annoyed by like the repetition of like oh to save one person i'll give you this thing that you can use to kill everyone um because gamora yeah, does know. it too but you're like all right but then when dr strange did it also i was like what the fuck but then uh, my friend i saw it with reminded me like no he knows the outcome so this is part of a plan mm-hmm. so i actually liked that that was something that i like watching it the first time obviously i'm like you know it's all he's Thanos is using like individual love against these people to get to get the stones but it wasn't until I watched it the second time that it really clicked for me that that just ties into the whole theme about how they don't trade lives because in order to get three of the six stones Thanos trades lives I mean he he gets the the tesseract because Loki gives it to him in exchange oh, yeah. for keeping Thor alive. He gets the soul stone by trading Gamora's life to get it, and he gets the time stone by trading Tony's life to get it. And that all just ties in with Captain well, gets, America and his whole. Well, he gets Vision Stone by killing Vision, killing Vision. And, yeah, that that's our, like, and the power stone. Obviously, he has at the beginning. He gets that off 
camera just from killing a lot of people on he Zeta. killed glenn close yeah yeah and john c Riley, america's treasure oh i know that was hard even not seeing it it was hard i mean i don't know maybe they survived presumably he killed half of them so maybe maybe they uh came out on the right side of the coin that was my prediction when i was talking to my friend about it, is that the opening was going to be xandar getting just totally fucked up by thanos yeah. but so i thought i thought that tied in all that with the with that sort of theme of Thanos trades lives. The good guys don't trade mm-hmm. lives. And Thanos' whole shtick is basically trading lives. It's, I'm going to kill half so that the other half can continue to live. It's it's all gonna about the I'm going to get into Thanos' plan in a moment. Yeah. You had a question for Mark, too? Oh, yeah. So then my question, David, is how did you think about Doctor Strange? Mark, as the internet's foremost <laughs> Spider-Man expert, how did you feel about the portrayal of Spider-Man in this film? I, I mean, honestly, I... I mean, maybe I'm just being like a, a a super fan here, but like I I I was very pleasantly surprised by just how well he was integrated in this. I mean, because you know you 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 go back. I mean, when this whole deal with Marvel and Sony was first agreed upon, I mean, um, you know, Spider Man as cool as it was to see him show up in Civil War, it was really. Like kind of unnecessary. I mean, it, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was totally like, oh look, we have a new toy. Let's let's throw him in twenty <laughs> minutes of this movie, and, it, and 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 you know, he doesn't factor into anything. And even you know, and and the first solo movie. I mean, as much as I enjoyed Homecoming, I mean, it it, it without outside of Tony Stark kind of just showing up over and over again, it it, it still kind of felt a little disconnected from. Ooh. everything else going on in the marvel cinematic universe but here i mean you know from jump street i mean he's you know once we leave you know space and you know the the dead as as guardians i mean like he's you know he's like basically the first person you see on earth and um you know i mean like you see him obviously interacting with with Tony, but you you get some good stuff with him and Doctor Strange and the Guardians, and he gets to shoot Web and Th- Thanos's face, which is just great. And it, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, right. it's 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 you know the let's 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 concoct a, a plan to get rid of um uh what's his name um the one of Thanos's goons. Um, oh, Ebony Ebony Ma. Yeah, but you know, by going back to this old movie, I saw. I mean, you know, like it, <laughs> it was very. It was a lot of like stuff, like in the spirit of who Spider Man is as a character, kind of that 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 smarts with a little bit of naivete and like that 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 diving in head first and thinking later, and you know, then of course the stuff at the end, which which was just you know, I thought well executed, even when you and then you know kind of after the fact reading up about it it kind of it dawned on me like oh yeah of course he has the biggest freak out because he has spider sense so he's the only one that can actually know that this is coming you know oh, what i mean right yeah. yeah that i didn't i didn't pick up on that until the second time i saw it when i was like wait how is how come he's freaking out he isn't disintegrating yet i was like oh right because he's yeah he's spider-man like he knows this is coming and that's he also faded much more slowly yeah, than much everyone slower. else for dramatic effect, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I chalk. Here's my fan wink explanation for that. That was a uh, uh, illustration of his phenomenal will. Uh, is, you know, this is because he held together longer <laughs> than everybody else. So everyone else are big pussies, but he's got. Yes. Because <laughs> um, Black Panther held it together like he didn't know how well his movie had done. You know, he just was like, <laughs> exactly. I'm not that. Exactly. I guess I'm not a cash cow. He just disappeared. 
I loved my favorite Spider-Man moment was when in the aftermath of Thanos dropping the moon on everybody oh, yeah. when he's like swinging around saving everyone but doesn't know anyone's names he's like oh, I'm yeah. sorry I don't know your name <laughs> like I thought that was just such a great like he's saving people but he's also like cracking jokes yeah. and it was a great like sort of encapsulation of Spider-Man in that one little moment. I also thought like they could not have planned this, but it couldn't have gone more perfectly when Star-Lord and Spider-Man are talking about 80s movies for a second, when they're talking about Footloose. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like, <laughs> holy shit. Like everything was set up for this. How did they, they couldn't have planned that, but I don't know. That was really cool. That was really satisfying. There's all these really cool, or even like Rocket giving the eye to Thor. You're like, they couldn't have planned that, mm-hmm. but also how could they have not planned that? uh so yeah i don't know who your favorite comic book character is ryan but i was very pleased that cyclops was off screen doing a lot to really help the help the cause throughout all of this movie yeah it's good you think he disappeared well he he was supposed to disappear but his will was so strong (laughs) that's that's really he was like i gotta i gotta hold it together guys he disappeared even slower Right. Um, so we did talk about the Red Skull reappearance, but I thought that was so fucking cool. That was like one of the other like really big surprises, especially since he gets sucked into this space void at the end of the first Captain America. And I kept waiting. Like it would have been dissatisfying if they hadn't brought him back in some capacity. So the way that they did it was just I, I loved that. That was so cool to me. I mean, it doesn't make, like, perfect sense. Like, oh, of course he went to guard this whole stone. But it's just like, whatever, he got sucked in. <laughs> he got sucked into space. That's where he ended up. Who guarded the soul stone before? Um, yeah. Some other Nazi. Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was, that was a genuine surprise and a nice little bit of, like, closing a loop on one of the MCU's lingering plot threads. Of like, yeah. Where did the Red Skull go at the end yeah. of the first Captain America movie? What did you guys think of the... Because um, the other thing that I always kind of wish they'd do is have all the the thugs be, like, characters. Like, the first Avengers, I was like, oh, they should have had, like, the Abomination and the Red Skull and shit instead of, like, a, mm. a generic alien army. They love their generic alien armies, man. But um, what are they called? The Black Order? Because uh, yeah. I don't give a shit about those comics. I realize they're comics characters and they're more recent. But I also felt like yeah. those characters being a little more unremarkable, like, kind of served the movie because you just have so much shit in there that if it was a more interesting character, it would kind of gum things up, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, we we just needed them. To, it, it's nice to have recognizable goons. Yeah. So you could be like, oh, it's that lady again, you know, and she's strong. So it's going to be tough to take her down <laughs> instead of just a bunch of nameless yeah thugs that you're like oh there's more of them this time so i think that served it but i don't think we really needed to know all their like motivations and childhood upbringings and i I did appreciate that uh proxima midnight was played by carrie coon from the leftovers which is the other big pop culture thing where half the universe like disappears (laughs) (laughs) it's all comes full circle (laughs) (laughs) and was she fully cg yes yeah i believe uh i think she might have done i think they did mocap with Mm -hmm. her like i think i saw on imdb that like she carrie coon did the voice and then the motion capture for it but the rendering the rendering of all of the of the black order i believe were all 
CG. Sometimes I wonder about the CG. I don't know, though. Like, with Thanos, I was like, he looks enough like a guy that they could have put Josh Brolin in makeup, you know? But he looked fucking good, I gotta say. They did a really good job with that. I, overall, was very impressed with Thanos. I mean, we can get into some of the nitty-gritty of his actions and his plan and all that, but just, like, in general the depiction of him i was both like like you're saying ryan like how he looked and interacted with real people and whatnot but just like making him a engaging yeah character i mean making him the protagonist of the movie really because the one thing the marvel i mean everyone this is not a, a hot take by any stretch the marvel movies tend to suffer their villains yeah like their villains are always their their weak point with the exception of Loki, which is partially why I think he stuck around yeah, and long Killmonger. past his sell-by date. And Killmonger. And Killmonger was yeah. another great one. Yeah. Um, beyond those two, their villains aren't that great. And so that was a big question mark for me. Well, the Red Skull. Going into this, uh, yeah, I mean, right, he was well, fine. Yeah. I just have a hard time. I have a hard time with the Red Skull as a recurring villain because he's fairly one-dimensional. But yes, he yeah. was great in his Captain America movie, but... So my one of my apprehensions going into this was like, this is a movie that really can't call it in on its villain, and Marvel has problems with that, so yeah. are they going to pull this off? And I thought they did a good job of making Thanos feel like a well-rendered character. He wasn't just an engine of destruction. They gave him a point of view, and you don't agree with it, but you see where he's coming. Like He's not just like... I want to kill people to kill people. I kind of like this better than the weird, I'm going to impress the skeletal female manifestation (laughs) of death by killing half the universe from the comics. Like this is one of those, like he's doing something epically bad for what he believes to be a good reason. And that's much more interesting. And I thought in a, in a short amount of time, they did a good job of crafting a character for him. Yeah. And I think one thing like that, one of the big takeaways from how successful the Gollum character was in the Lord of the Rings was like just getting a lot of subtle expressions and stuff out of CG characters, you know, using mocap for that. Cause I think Thanos having kind of complex facial reactions and stuff worked so well. And it was, like I said, better than if we'd spent 10 minutes, like seeing what his childhood was like or something, you know, right. Just having him be like a nuanced performance by Josh Brolin. Like that was a really cool Josh Brolin performance. Yeah. Yeah. My problem. <laughs> What's your problem, David? Well, yeah, I know. I've got many problems. Well, and science fiction loves its metaphors, right? So it likes to like take a current problem and then, you know, <laughs> make it into something science fiction-y so they can talk about it without actually referring to it. So, it, it, but that can break down sometimes in, in like how like mutants... And the X-Men are supposed to be, like, metaphors for racism, you know, and symbolic of that. Except, you know, when we talk about races and such, we're supposed to believe we're all, you know, the ideas were all actually fundamentally equal. Whereas with mutants and humans, that's equivocally not true. It's not right. true at all. <laughs> like, right. mutants are not equal to humans. They are superior in many ways. And so things don't uh, always equate very well. Right, pipe and, down over there, Senator Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, Thanos' plan is supposed to address overpopulation of the Earth. You know, it's like the metaphor is like the Earth is overpopulated. We'd be better if there was less of us here. 
Uh, and as a side note to that, there's a lot of studies that say that we are not overpopulated. We do have enough resources for everybody. It's just the distribution of resources that's our issue. But that's right, right. a whole different political rant. Uh, but he th- it's taking something and making it sci-fi and taking a metaphor. So then you get a line from Thanos such as, you know, the universe has only finite resources. And I'm like, no, the universe almost has infinite resources <laughs> because it's the freaking universe. And there's like a galaxy of just water out there, I believe. It might just be a solar system. But the fact is, there's plenty of resources in the universe. And we've already seen that the Marvel Universe has the technology to go wherever it needs to to gather these resources. So there's no reason do they need to he needs to kill half the people. He just you can expand. There's the, the technology is there. Well, and the other thing is like why didn't he just that I saw online was why didn't he just use this yeah. snap his fingers and give everyone a hamburger or whatever, you know, like uh yeah, yeah. Well, create more resources because he has the power to do anything. The counter argument to that that I also saw online and kind of to your point too David is that that speaks to Thanos's character. Right it's 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 not like that's not like a plot hole like the writers didn't think of that it's he you have unlimited power some people are gonna say i'm gonna use this to wipe out half of life so that the remaining half can have more some people are gonna say i'm going to make it so that everyone can have more and that's just that's your character like that's how you approach that problem and i think with thanos it's you know, seeing the the you know but, when you're when you're what's I'm trying to think of the <laughs> of the the of the cliche and I'm like when you're a uh, when you're a carpenter you always see the nail or something like that. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> like that's the idea. Like Thanos has lived this like hard fought Scrabble existence, and so for him, the solution is wipe out life. But my. For- argument to you austin is that it wasn't framed that way you never have a character who challenges him on these ideas that's a good have, point that's a good point you never have someone that says no how about this or it, it, it's framed like he's right he's just do, being too draconian about it and he's just not right at all that's a fair that's a fair point it could have stood like tony stark would have been a good character to yeah. step up and say because tony's whole thing has been about i mean through his his whole arc through all of these movies has been about using his intellect to make the world a better and safer place. And that's, you know, sometimes he fails and we end up with Ultron and sometimes he succeeds and he gets, you know, super awesome nanotech armor. But the idea he would have been a good character to say, like, how about instead of approaching it that way, you approach it from increase the resources and use that power and make him question some of those thoughts. My rebuttal for you, David is, that if oh, please move you him, get please bitten him, by a radioactive him. spider, <laughs> if you get bitten by a radioactive spider, you will not acquire superpowers. Like, <laughs> this shit is not meant to be true or real. It's just like, fuck it. It's not a very good movie. Yeah, but- and what, are they going to talk it out with Thanos at the end? Or like that would have been a great ending though if he got the glove. Ryan, you always take what we say to the extreme. We're not saying there should be a thirty-minute debate section of the movie. We're saying you can have like two minutes of lines going back and forth between. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying way. when when Tony and Thanos are quipping, have Tony throw in a line about 
How about you use your power to increase resources instead of cut back the surplus? Or say, we have the technology to gather the resources. But it is interesting in that, you know, in one breath, it's it's very, I think for people who are not versed in this stuff, it would be very difficult to explain the, the fact that Thanos did this to impress the 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 deity of death <laughs> yet at the same token it really just makes sense in the comics he's just trying to impress a girl and, that, right, and that's why he out. kills me. <laughs> and, and it, you know so it's it's kind of like well yeah we gave him nuance and complexity but then we kind of opened up all these other holes maybe we should have just had him you know try to impress <laughs> try to pick up chicks with his with his awesome glove I mean, I check cool it out ladies well it made it more tragic too because like death still won't even look at him after he kills happy i love the marvel version of death yeah. too it's just like a, a skeleton lady like with tits for some reason that's like so funny <laughs> um but i just think i mean all these movies like even like uh you know, like Bane in the third Batman was like, oh, I'm a complex character. Now I'm going to build a bomb that takes eight months to explode for no reason. I mean, a lot of the times, like, there's very few good villain schemes in any of this shit, you know. But, I mean, I just, no, I'll let it go, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it's just, no, it's no. what it is. And I, I, I don't mean to get political here, Ryan, but I think the reason <laughs> it bothers me more is because people actually start taking that logic seriously. Like, you'll start seeing think pieces online of, like, Thanos actually has a point, or we are <laughs> Thanos was or, right! <laughs> yeah, you know, Thanos was right. He may have been... <laughs> are you on Breitbart well, again? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried. <laughs> I feel like that that kind of thinking has gotten us a few places, Ryan. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I just Online think it's real trolls. It's real comic booky, you know. I just think it's like here's this guy, he has this obsession and he's going to acquire the power to do it. And then he does it. No, and that Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying is yeah. That part doesn't bother me as much as seeing people online trying to defend that like oh, it's actually like he's kind of in the right even though if his, you know, the ends might not justify the means, but it's a goal that we have to consider or something, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And I want more people to realize that. I can promise you that if any of those guys had sex with a woman, they would, <laughs> they would have a different attitude about mass genocide. <laughs> or with I mean, death. Yeah, kill all the women. Kill all the women who won't fuck me. Every woman in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the movie tried to persuade you that this was a good idea. You know, it's like there was the yeah, heroes are never like, oh, maybe we should let him do it. That could be all right. You know, like and it made an effort to show you how much it sucked when half the people were killed. You know, it was fucking pandemonium. Fucking Spider-Man died. It was so sad. You wonder. I wonder if how much control Thanos had over who died because he left a lot of people that are threatening his. Uh, yeah, I know. Right clearly. Well, he said it was random. That was his whole thing. Was yeah. That, it was passionless and random. Which, like, he did that on Titan, and that was his regime, was, like, just a 50-50 split at random. Which is also not the smartest way to go about it, because if it's random, then you could take... Cause, and it sounded... I don't know how half... Like, was it half of all life, or half of all species? I think it was half like, of right, all like life. Did he, <clears throat> like, did he kill 50% of humans, and 50% of, of I don't know, yeah. uh, sent century elfins or did he kill like scrolls half of scrolls yeah half the scrolls half the Kree, or did he kill half of the cumulative 
life in the galaxy. So perhaps a greater than 50% percentage from some species and less than 50% from other species. I, I shouldn't even say this, but for one second, because <laughs> they were in Wakanda when people started disappearing, there was just one second where I was like, is it just going to be the black people? Like, <laughs> is, is Thanos, well, he really is a monster, you know? It's like all of Wakanda disappears and the Falcon and... I was like, wait a minute. A lot of the <laughs> not a lot of the ladies disappeared, and that's not the greatest look, but <laughs> Is that right? Well Black Widow survived. Like a... Did she survive? Yeah. Yeah, Black Widow yeah. did because she's one the, of the original. The core of Avengers all survived, yeah. 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 And um uh um uh, oh what's her face? The main Dora Milaje from Oh yeah, she uh, survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. survived too, I think. Yes, and Scarlet Witch yes. died. Um, but yeah. When Scarlet Witch died, and I was Gamora like, whatever. Gamora. Yeah. Like, all the Guardians so, went, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be funny if, like, Drax was just still there. Uh, Rocket. Rocket's Rocket. Still yeah, there. Rocket, Rocket is still there. Yeah. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Hey, speaking of the Guardians, should we talk about what a fucking tool Star-Lord is? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was know. hard. Was that so annoying? That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was happening. Oh, and yeah. You, and you're just like, you're such an idiot. And it's totally in keeping with the comic book tradition, like yeah. snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, right. it's mm-hmm. such a classic trope, but it's still so frustrating. Also, though, I blame the heroes because how long does it take to pull off a glove? That scene is <laughs> like eight minutes long. They're like, ah, we're really trying to get this glove off. I was like, come on. But, but not to play like eight dimensional chess here, but could that, I mean, you know, how easy could have doc- it have been for Doctor Strange to like subduce star lord when he was freaking out i mean you know was was this part of the outcome you know that that, yeah if they if they actually got the gauntlet off could it have led to even more chaos you know like well if this is part of the outcome that's it's defensible why dr strange didn't like cast a sleep spell on him it's still not defensible what uh star lord no he's still an idiot yeah Yeah. (laughs) he was a useful idiot in this game (laughs) yeah (laughs) i really hope that they do um in the next movie my big dream for it is while the avengers are reassembling and shit that they do the thing from the comic where like all these crazy uh cosmic beings come and fight thanos like Oh, I want that to happen. Like eternity and chaos and order and all that shit. Just like throw down with Thanos. In the living for a tribunal. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd that be was cool. really cool when Thanos did, like, he turned Drax into blocks and he turned Mantis. And those were, that was like straight out of the comics. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, that was, that was straight from Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. And the um, Ebony Maw torturing Strange with the glass shards. That was. That was like lifted, a panel lifted from uh, the Infinity series. And they had some. Some neat little touches like that in there. Even the opening with Banner crashing into the Sanctum Sanctorum. I mean, that was that was supposed to be Silver Surfer in the comics, but they used Banner instead, which was I I thought that was a pretty cool. He was he was busy hanging out with Cyclops on that end, (laughs) right? Throughout throughout most of this movie, he was busy waiting for some contract (laughs) negotiations to wrap up. (laughs) (laughs) No force in the universe can speed that up. He's hanging with a cloud that's going to become Galactus in the next one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let it let it die. Did you guys feel like tired though? Like the first time I saw this, especially like when there was maybe forty five minutes left, I was like, "Fuck, dude, can we get an intermission or something?" Like, goddamn, like it was pretty relentless. It, it, 
it does it revs up fast and then it just keeps going. It's what it felt like to There's me. There's like, no downtime. Like all climax. Almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I came. I came. I saw it a second time and I I appreciated it more the second time when I was less like breathlessly waiting for what was going to happen yeah. next and so it's sort of like knowing what was coming the pace felt a little less like intense yeah i agree um, yeah and so it 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 felt more relaxed that but yeah the first time through like i walked out of this movie i'm like i, I don't even know what to like i'm just like overwhelmed mm. by sensation yeah at this point because it's just like there's just so much happening and um the second time around really helped sort of crystallize some things and and it felt less frenetic the second time around, I guess. Yeah, I totally agree. But but you were annoyed that Thanos wants to watch the sunset on a grateful universe, but the sun can't set on the universe. It's made up of sun. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, you're right. Fuck this movie. Once again, once again, David's grasping of metaphors is undone by his unceasing logic. I know. I love those soul stone moments too, like where Thanos is in the water and it's kind of metaphysical. Like I thought those were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a neat touch. Some of the quieter moments. Yeah. David, did you have any other nits you wanted to pick? <laughs> no, because I got a couple that I haven't mentioned yet. What do you got? Uh, yeah, because I already mentioned the Hulk just like not fighting until the end for whatever. He didn't reason. fight at all at, when the Asgardians were being attacked. He apparently didn't fight until. Oh, I see. Yeah, he waited for his cool opening line yeah. before he stepped into the room. Yeah, that's the thing. He's waiting for his cue. He was in place, and he was like, "I guess I gotta stand here. I guess I gotta stand here while all these Asgardians get slaughtered because no one said we have a Hulk." So I like no, I like how Loki's like, "Just stay there. No, no, don't worry about that. I got really cool. It's gonna be really awesome." It's going to be sweet. Um, So the two that I had, um, one was that uh, after Ebony Maw gets sucked out of the out of the spaceship and Doctor Strange is like, can you get the ship turned around back to Earth? And he wants to go back to Earth and get the time stone away from from Thanos. And Iron Man's like, no, let's go to Titan and he won't expect us to be there and all that. I'm like, couldn't Doctor Strange have just done his little like hand swirly thing and opened a door to go back to earth himself and then i was like well maybe he needs to like be on earth to do his teleport spell but then in the fight on titan he was you know teleporting the guardians in and out and around thanos which was super cool but then that (laughs) told me i was like oh no clearly he can still do that whether he's on earth or not so why didn't he just teleport himself back to earth it might might have a limited range like you it might have that was what i was like he maybe can't send people like across Galact, you know, light years yeah, or something. Maybe. That, would, yeah. that would be my fan wank for it. But the other one that I mentioned this to you too, David, that um, kind of makes me chuckle because this is certainly a genre standard thing. Um, I really like the theme in the movie of how the good guys won't trade a life for a life, and you know, Captain America saying that's not what we do, and we're going to fight to protect the vision and all of that. I'm like, yes, you will not trade a life for a life, except for all those Wakandans who died as you were <laughs> protecting Vision so that you wouldn't trade a life for a life, but they didn't have names, so that's, that's not I told you, it it's a racist count. institution, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, we won't trade life for a life, unless I don't know their names, in which case I'm totally They were like, mm-hmm. we're going to let all these black people get killed, and then, worst case scenario, Thanos wins, and he just kills all the black people, so <laughs> they were like, we don't really care. <laughs> Us, all, all us white original Avengers will be fine at the end, so yeah. it's really no big deal to us. And, and Ant-Man, another 
white character. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know what the hell we don't know what the hell happened to Ant Man. We're still not sure because the Ant Man movie takes place before this. So I would you'd assume, you'd assume. <laughs> it does officially. They said, yeah. Okay, yeah. it'd be kind of cool if it took place after where they're just like, well, but it doesn't make any. I don't know because you assume it's going to get reversed. Oh, I know. I, so, that's what I'm saying like if it took place in the immediate like a couple of months later where like the world is just adjusting to half of its people being gone. Yeah. yeah but I'm saying once it gets reversed, that means that Ant-Man movie never happened. Yeah. It's a right. Point. Oh, I just also really liked, I felt like it caught the spirit of everyone. Like when you go to you and you cut to space and there's like a song playing and you see the guardians, like it just felt, yeah. everyone felt like them. So that's what they've done well with these crossovers. I think is like, everyone feels really true to their character. Like uh, all the guardian scenes really felt like, it was a Guardians movie, and then you cut to Avengers shit, and it feels like the Avengers movie. Like I liked that. That's what made it work so well to me. It, it really yeah. was sequenced like a comic book series. I mean, yeah. like yeah. Yeah, just from scene to scene. I mean, like you you just felt like you know, oh well, we reached the end of this issue. Now let's let's get you know wait wait a month and get the next one. Oh wait, no, it's actually just happening now. You know, I mean, it was it's yeah. like binging on like Marvel Unlimited or something. So. What it, yeah, it did. It like even just the way that it like certain narratives would like rise and fall in terms of like the action and whatnot. Like it felt you know like the the you know sucking Ebony Maw out of the spaceship. You're like, okay, that was the climax of that issue, and now we're you know that that was maybe the the Iron Man chapter of this crossover, and now we're gonna jump to the Guardians of the Galaxy crossover where they their issue where they rescue thor and that's how we bring thor's comic into this and now in the issue of thor we've got him restarting the furnace because it's a thor comic book so the focus is on him for this chapter and it was very like it really was just like it wasn't a specific comic book story put up on the screen but it was just like the way comics tell stories on screen and that was pretty amazing what it should have done to really feel like a uh, a contemporary crossover is they should have released way too many movies. It would have been like <laughs> Ant Man Infinity War, where like Ant Ant Man fights Thanos for three issues and it doesn't move the story forward at all. And then like Scarlet Witch Infinity War, where the same thing happens. It just yeah. It's Ant Man Infinity War where he spends a movie fighting one of those like right. six armed bug dogs yeah. that that they all fought in Wakanda at the end. It's just he fights one of those. Yeah. For, th- for three movies, and that's his time. My favorite of them all was when they did World War Hulk, and they did World War Hulk X-Men, <laughs> and the Hulk just, like, literally goes to the X-Men mansion and just beats everyone up for three <laughs> issues, and then he just leaves at the end, and it, like, doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's, like, it's so bad. The other way it could have been, like, a modern Marvel crossover is if, like, three quarters of the way through the movie, they just stopped playing the movie for like an hour (laughs) and then came back and then finished the movie. Well, and then what they have to do is when the next, the sequel to this comes out, the end of the movie just has to be like five different previews for things that you don't even want to see. (laughs) Well, that's kind of, I mean, that's what they all already sort of do with the post credit scenes. I mean, that's almost, but I do want to see those things. And also the movies do have endings. Like the crossovers now just like, don't end really. They're just like, now that's going to spin off into all these things that aren't very good. My favorite was a civil war. When that, that crossover ended with them just being shrugging and be like, (laughs) yeah, I guess there's no solution here. (laughs) Yeah. 
Now, now, when you guys saw this movie multiple times, did you go to see one that was like chromium embossed and in poly bags with variant covers? Or? Well, the thing is, is you get a different trading card every time you see the movie. So I've seen it three times, but I have to go two more times. Well, I mean, you you joke, Mark, but kind of because like the second time I saw it was in like a special, like they call it like the XD screening, oh. where it was like super awesome surround sound on like a larger screen which was slightly different than this theater i saw it in the first time so that was kind of like a foil enhanced version of the of the story <laughs> relative to the new stand edition well and there's 3d the and non i saw it on imax and then i saw it in non imax and i haven't seen it in 3d so yeah wow we kind of stumbled onto <laughs> that that really is kind of like the equivalent of those goofy ass covers but they don't trick you into thinking that like it'll be worth more. Your ticket will be worth more later if you see it in three D. Uh, I'd also like the idea of uh, following the modern crossover trend of tacking on an extra issue or two to the main series, where like they say the running time is a uh, two and a half hours, but then it actually runs like a full three and a half hours. Or like uh, if they did it, they could do it like the OG Infinity Gauntlet, and like for the second half, they could just get all different actors that you don't like as much. <laughs> Who's like the Ron Lim of Chris Evans, you know? <laughs> oh, that'd be like just halfway through, all of a sudden everybody's different. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just like when a new Petzler takes over yeah. halfway through the series. It's just like kind of crappier. Yeah. Like George George Perez got uh, got busy, so now like, Ron Lim's picking up this line. He's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but I was curious, like, before the numbers came in, and it's like the biggest movie ever. I was like, is this just going to be too much for people? Like, I think they do have to, like, tone it down after this. Yeah, I think that the the leaving the original Avengers alive at the end, I think we're going to get at least, like, half of a movie that's a little bit more focused and smaller yeah. in, in the next one. That it's going to be them, just them doing something to bring everyone back. But then I, I do think we're going to get... Like you said, the sort of big everyone's on screen together in the same place kind of thing. Yeah. But I think I think a good chunk of it is going to be sort of a here's the ones that started it all having their last adventure together. And it'll be a little bit more intimate in that way. Yeah, I'm still really excited to see Iron Man and Captain America get back together. Like, that's the big thing we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I still be curious to see if like all the people who disappeared, I mean, if they, you know, speculating that they're like in a place like the soul realm or something oh, yeah. i mean you're probably mm-hmm. you, there'll probably be still some splitting time if that's the case because you're going to be checking in on yeah. those characters maybe they're trying to find their way out or something like that you know i i, I mean you know right right like that well i had a friend who theorized that like everything after we saw dr strange look at the future was just one possible future and then, like, the movie's going to rewind back to that point and be like, that's what we can't do. Or <laughs> we fucking. I'm like, I don't know if I'd be a fan of that. You know? Are they going to make, like, 17 million movies? <laughs> like, yeah. It's all the different versions for 50 years. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about how it's like, how many times did we win? And he's like, once. And I was like, what'd you. I, was, I appreciated it wasn't zero. But then I'm like, wouldn't it feel more natural if it's just a weird number, like eight or something? <laughs> 70, <laughs> 72. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had to go through that many versions before he got a good outcome or something. Yeah, yeah. he finally found he it. He was like, like... So he just stopped when he finally found it. Well, let it. me ask you, David. If you saw 17 million futures, 
and then you finally saw the one that was cool, would you, all right, I found it. <laughs> I'm not sitting through this again. I don't want to see the uh, that Vision Scarlet Witch scene again. <laughs> Your point is well taken, Ryan. I wonder what they're going to do, and I always have a aversion to, like, it was all a dream right. kind of storytelling and depending on how it goes. I mean, I'll still be entertained and I guess that's the most important part, but it's like, it's going to feel, I feel like going back to this movie is going to feel weird once we know how it's resolved and we'll be like, well, all this stuff doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. At this point in the movie, nothing matters anymore because it all gets reversed. Or I something, think if you know? they go back, it'll go back to just right before... Well, the way they did it in the comics, yeah. which I see them doing, is that Nebula's going to grab the glove off him and go change everything back to the way it was 24 hours ago. And so uh, everyone will be unkilled. But then they're going to have to all fight Nebula, who has the glove. That's what was cool. In the comics, they did that, but you didn't really know Nebula. So it didn't work as well as it will in the movies, where you kind of know Nebula has heroic tendencies, but is essentially a villain, you know? Yeah. And I think Thanos helping them take down Nebula will be a big thing, too. So who was your favorite character in the movie? You're, anyone. Uh, <laughs> anyone Anyone start, and then we'll all continue around. Uh, no one wants to start. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I always like Rocket Raccoon. I think he's pretty great. Uh, oh, what'd you guys think of Giant Peter Dinklage? I thought that was clever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It made me chuckle. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like there were so many characters. It was uh, that's like the opposite of what you want to do. What was yours, Austin? You see, I thought of asking this question and then quickly had to in my head try to come up with an answer to it. Um, I don't know. I kind of like in terms of pure badassery i kind of liked thor's arc Mm -hmm. of just of like going and getting his awesome magic hammer and then showing up at the end and just like obliterating everybody yeah when i saw it the first time that was the the time the audience really cheered was when he yeah like it was a great like fuck yeah Yeah. moment when he blows away everybody and i saw it (laughs) <laughs> Anytime the audience recognized anybody, they cheered. Oh man, they're like, "I know that." No, not the not the audience, David. One guy in the audience <laughs> very loudly exclaimed, "Oh fuck yeah!" Every time something exciting happened. Not something exciting, just something he recognized. Like, yeah, yeah. that's like, Captain America. <laughs> oh, I well, I mean, yeah, the two big moments in, in that I saw it was when Thor arrives on Wakanda, but also when Cap catches the spear in oh, Scotland yeah. earlier. Yeah. That was like another big like big cheer moment in the movie. So that would have been yeah, that, that would have been bigger for me if I hadn't seen the preview fifty times. <laughs> well, for, what I loved about the cap catching the spear is this is the the film score nerd in me was that that was the first time that you heard the the classic Avengers theme oh. in the movie when he catches it and it's like, yeah, it's the Avengers coming to save the day. And the the Marvel movies in general, I've ranted about this on Twitter a few times, but in general, one of their big failings for me is that the scoring isn't as good as I would like it to be. And so they don't have a lot of really recognizable themes for the different characters and stuff. But the Avengers do. They have their triumphant theme. And so I was excited when that showed up for the first time Yeah, with Cap, Cap catching the spear and his rogue Avengers swooping in to 
save Vision and Scarlet. That was, like, the only good thing about Justice League, although they had to, like, take themes from older versions of (laughs) (laughs) They were like, these characters aren't good, but there were better iterations of them earlier, so we'll use those themes. (laughs) Who is your favorite character, David? I think it was Spider-Man. Yeah, I might say that, too, actually. I really just enjoyed it. I mean, he's a good character all around anyways. I mean, I'd have to argue with Mark (laughs) on that, I should but no, I think yeah, he was just. I think he he was the the most fun to watch, I believe. And, well, and he's a good analog for the audience too, because yeah. he's like experiencing it the most of like, oh, I'm on a fucking spaceship, <laughs> like where he's a very ground level hero. So seeing him in those situations, what did you think though? Because the spider armor when they did Civil War in the comics was like so fucking stupid, and it's so weird for them to do it in the movie, and it's actually pretty cool. Like, oh yeah, I was going to ask you about it. that, Mark. What's your what's your thoughts on comic book spider? armor and and the movie spider armor. well yeah i mean it's generally i mean not that that wasn't a good period of the comics but it's it, it is kind of a weird thing and they've really kind of moved past it big time like in the comics now so it, it is kind of surprising that they they hang on to it so much but the way they've realized it in the movie i think has been really like and even even in seeing him put on the armor, I didn't think that like the extra appendages would be popping out, and the way they used it, I thought was clever here. So I was like, "All right, you know, this 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 works." I mean, like it still kind of feels like they're they're souping up Spider Man too much because it's like, I mean, you know, he's still Spider Man, he's friendly neighborhood Spider Man, but I guess like you know, for these kind of extreme adventures. It would make sense. It certainly makes more sense that, you know, if you're going to put Spider-Man in space, that he's in iron spider armor, then, you know, just his usual, you know, spandex mask, you know? (laughs) Right, right. That's what I was going to say, which was, like, in general, I'm not a fan of the spider armor. I like Spider-Man just being Spider-Man, and he doesn't need, like, a suit of armor. I mean... And if if I was being the nitpicky self I can be, I'd be like, why doesn't Iron Man just make armor for everybody <laughs> i mean of course a, a spider-man should be in armor because it just makes him better but as, as a character i like him better just in his natural self but at the same time if you're going to put him in outer space and have him fight like a near god then souping him up doesn't seem as egregious when you're like he's fighting thanos he's gonna need everything he has you know yeah where, where's my doctor strange armor yeah, exactly. Like, that amplifies his magic. Can't Tony whip that up? Were you disappointed that Doctor Strange doesn't call out the names of his spells? Oh, when he's, yeah. when of he's course, like, I'd like to hear the Crimson like, Rings of Sidorak. And I'm, he, I'm pretty sure that at one point he grabbed the gauntlet with the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love those Crimson Bands. But it's like... Why does Spider-Man need space armor? I mean, he takes his fucking mask off every two seconds. They're, they're so into taking everyone's masks off. And now they've, like, figured out, like, oh, they all have a fucking, uh, what's that called? Micro... Uh, Na- nanotech? Nanotech. So they're fucking, they don't even have to, like, put it on. It can just appear. You're like, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% certain that Tony's nanotech armor, which I mean, has precedent in the comic. I mean, his armor has been nanotech in the comics now for probably 15 years right right right. um but i'm i'm 100 percent sure that they were breaking the story for this movie and we're like we're gonna put tony on a spaceship and send him to titan he's gonna be in space and they're gonna be like but isn't his armor gonna get fucked up we better come up with a way to make it so that he can still have his armor and have it be like replenished and flexible and 
come and go as he needs it when he's away from Earth and can't just get a new suit shipped out to him whenever he needs it. Yeah. So like, oh, yep, nanotech armor. It's inside of him. Now he can use it whenever he needs it. <laughs> Although it got pretty maxed out at the end. He got fucked up. Yeah. Oh, also, when it was like, oh, Tony Stark is getting married and possibly having a kid, where you're like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Serial genre fiction has taught me anything. Yeah. Whenever characters are looking at a happy ending, they're probably going to die. So, Austin. Yo. You're an uh, English nerd. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I am. The writers have claimed that in this movie, Thanos is the protagonist. Uh-huh. Would you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. He <laughs> he is the he is the character that drives the action, and he is the character that has an arc that, like, he ends it differently than he began it. Um, granted, most protagonists don't end their stories getting exactly what they want and succeeding, <laughs> but that's what he did, and and that was his arc. And I don't really know of any other character, with the exception of Doctor Strange, who may not have actually changed at all, (laughs) who came out of this movie different than they began. So yeah, no, I definitely, he's not heroic, but you don't have to be heroic to be the protagonist of the story. But yeah, he drives the action, and he's the one that goes through the the biggest character arc. So I I have no objections to that perspective. You convinced me. (laughs) <laughs> huzzah it's Finally. the first time <laughs> ryan already convinced me of something else no it's the first time i've convinced you of something mark it uh, down man. listeners <laughs> i mean it all comes down to how you define protagonist i think yeah that's what you just argue semantics yeah yeah because nothing about him is good but right like i said i'm not saying he's the hero of the story mm-hmm. by any stretch he's just the the protagonist which is i liked his uh his teleport thing the only thing i thought could have been better how you just would step back into the into thing a bump, like, a little but i just wish he'd always be like thanos out every time he did it, you know? <laughs> or if he would just make like a make a peace sign when he did it like psh, oh, psh. i wish yeah. one of the one of the times he'd open it and like try to walk backwards but like stumble and fall <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Like, as the portal's closing like i meant to do that <laughs> A root on the ground he didn't see when he stepped back. <laughs> I, that did happen, but he had the time stone. So oh, yeah. We never actually You didn't saw see it. it, yeah. Like, that was embarrassing. <laughs> How embarrassing. It was interesting, too, how his arm was all fucked up after he did the thing. Like, it took a toll on him. I think we'll see more about that. Yeah, later. I assume that's going to tie into their, their fighting back or something somehow. That he's going to be weakened or diminished in some capacity. Yeah, I think we're nearing our end. Uh, <laughs> so we all liked it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just weird how like it would never be good as a singular movie, you know? Well, it could, you just couldn't do it as a singular movie. I mean, I that's that's part of what's great about it, though, is it's a culmination. You know, like mm-hmm. if this just came out of nowhere, everyone would be like, "What the?" F-? I mean, that's basically <laughs> the China. If watch the Justice League movie, if you want to see a movie that hasn't earned all the intros, you know, like you'll see how it turns out. It's true, though. Like, no, no, and I'm not disagreeing with you, Ryan. Like that is all very true, and this movie could never work as the first one. It's just interesting. Like it, it almost feels like a turning point in how movies are made. And the, and the yeah. sad part is, so many other studios and such are going to try to replicate it and fail, mm-hmm. just like Warner wow. Brothers and the DC, because they're going to so try to many- rush it. So, ma- so many have already tried, and no one else has really pulled it off yet. Yeah. Or, or even come it, close. 
And that's because they always forget that you have to have good movies first. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they always think, like, everyone's seeing these Marvel movies just because they're a tentpole franchise kind of thing. And not, and they think that's what makes people go to movies when you're like, no, people go to movies because they're good movies first. Well, yeah, they also like, forget that the Marvel movies really built steam. Like, the first Captain yes. America movie was not a hit. And then after the Avengers, everything kind of changed and they built, but they really kind of built it up over time. They earned it over time. Yeah, the Avengers movie was a huge risk. At, well, when they planned it, I I remember being like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, like having totally. like four different movies that come together and yeah. like different directors and everything. Like, can this even work? And they did. I'm not... Yeah, and it's not but, like, I mean, the, the MCU is not without its flaws and it's not like Every movie is a cinematic masterpiece, but they have a really impressive batting average in terms of just you can expect these movies to hit like a baseline level of quality and they Mm -hmm. all pretty much do. I mean, even the worst ones still have their entertaining moments and mostly hold together as a, you know, as a cohesive story. Except for the Incredible Hulk, they've all (laughs) been worth going to the movies, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, sometimes you get a great one, and sometimes you just get a good one. But you know that there that consist there's a consistency to them that's also mm-hmm. hard to maintain. And, and yeah, I mean, film film buffs will uh, cluck their teeth at sort of the the lack of um, artistic vision in the films. But we're starting to see a little bit less of you know, a little bit more artistic distinction with like Ragnarok and Black Panther mm-hmm. are very, are very much feel like yeah. creations of their directors in addition to being part of the, of the MCU. But at the same time, like you're sacrificing some, you know, artistic distinction, but you are getting a sort of baseline level of quality, which is pretty impressive as for this movie. Yes. I, I quite liked it. I like to kind of to what you were saying, David, like, I I still don't know that it's a good movie like <laughs> like that as a as like singular, a yeah, as like a singular, singular film like I don't know that it that it has all the pieces it needs to work but like as the culmination of a story and as a as a representation like I said of of just how comic books tell their stories transplanted in other medium it's just phenomenal like you just can't <laughs> it's amazing how they managed to pull that off it's a new kind of movie. Although, as a singular movie, I think you can compare it to The Empire Strikes Back or The Two Towers. Like, both movies that don't stand on their own, but mm-hmm. both movies are that are the best movie of a trilogy, you know? Yeah, I think that's more Two Towers. I think Empire Strikes Back, I mean, it's probably doesn't have an ending. I think people left The Empire Strikes Back in the theater feeling the same way they felt yeah. at the end of this movie. Although even Empire Strikes Back has the like Lando and Chewie flying off like, well, we're, when we find Han, we'll give you a call. Like, yeah, you're at least like they're they're actively working to reverse what, you know, their their big tragedy. Whereas like at the end of this movie, it's like Captain America crying and yeah. Thanos being happy. And you're like, Whoa, what is this? Like, where's the where's the glimmer of hope? That's true. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, the glimmer of hope is that there's going to be another movie in a year. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the glimmer of hope is our outside knowledge of the, yeah. indus- of the industry and how these movies work. That's also, Captain Marvel's on her way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that would be awesome if the next movie was just like an hour long and it was just like, 
Captain Marvel just shows up and beats up Thanos, and that's like it. <laughs> Why didn't you call me earlier? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Mark, you liked it? I did, I did. I mean, kind of to what Austin was saying, I mean, I think that, I mean, even within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there are better films, mm-hmm. but the kind of the the token line i keep coming back to is i i feel in many ways this infinity war was like the best comic book movie i've yeah. ever seen and that and i i liked something that even in the, the the marvel movies and other comic book property movies that i like that i sometimes have a problem with is i feel like there's always this like little hidden corner of shame for the genre and the source material. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like truly for the first time from start to finish, this was the first time one of these movies was just like completely unapologetic. Like, yeah, man, this is what a big F all crossover in a comic book <laughs> is. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to dive right in with the conflict in each scene and we're going to wear you out by the end of it. And, and yeah, that's what this and is we, supposed to be. And we are not sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not sorry. And there's, and you know, there's something to be said about that. I mean, as as someone who loves comic books, has loved them since he was six years old. I mean, to kind of see that get realized in a different medium was was really impressive for me. I, I like it's it, this that's going to stay with me. I don't know if I could just like casually watch this movie like when it comes to you know home release and like oh i'm just gonna watch infinity war especially without <laughs> knowing like the the second hand end of it you know and like maybe i'll watch the two parts together you know what i mean yeah. but oh yeah but it's like you know like i'll you know if i'm like a flipping on fx i'm probably not gonna like just stop on infinity war whereas i will with winter soldier or you know well i thought about that though because like or i put shit on when i'm doing stuff a lot like i'm gonna clean up so i'll put on civil war and then you always end up sitting and watching like the part where they're all the heroes fight right but this movie is like just like if you if this movie was on fx and you sat to watch part of it i feel like you just end up watching the whole thing yeah it's just like this constant stringing together of these huge conflicts it's it's two hours and 45 minutes of the battle of new york basically yeah <laughs> except then when thor makes his hammer you can go take a shit or whatever, you know. <laughs> i still like when thor made his hammer i didn't dislike it it was just the slowest if the slowest yeah. part of a movie is that they harness the power of the sun <laughs> to make a cosmic weapon then you're like holy shit you know speaking of harnessing the power of a sun this morning when i woke up because i'm in a hotel room um traveling for work and i had left the windows open like the the shades on the window and like i rolled over this morning and it was just like the sun bursting through the window and into my face like just the perfect angle for it and my first thought was like oh my god this must be what thor felt like when he was holding the <laughs> holding the iris open <laughs> I'm like, oh my god i don't think i've ever had a dorkier thought than that i know that's pretty nerdy <laughs> i just i just had seen the movie the night before so that was part of the it was in fresh in my mind <laughs> it's okay austin <laughs> all right austin uh any final thoughts or what'd you learn what'd you learn from this movie um i learned that if my ad hoc teammates have restrained the nigh omnipotent (laughs) villain that we have all come together to fight and are on the verge 
of successfully defeating him unless one of those teammates has secretly clued me in that we need to let the villain proceed with his plan in order to ultimately prevail. I should probably keep my personal shit to myself until after we've removed his nigh omnipotency. And then I can punch him in the face for killing my girlfriend. Yes. Uh, Ryan? I learned uh, when you're a carpenter, you always (laughs) see the nail. (laughs) When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's not what you said, Austin. I got there eventually. That's not what I learned. No, I got there for you. Six of one. (laughs) Thank you and good night. Uh, Mark? I learned when you're face-to-face with a genocidal maniac, you just really need to have a conversation with him about how (laughs) he should go about using his omnipotent powers. Hey, (laughs) have you ever considered not wiping out half the galaxy with your powers? Just give everyone a hamburger, and that is all you need. Just give everyone one hamburger, dude. You'll be fine. Okay, just so that uh, nobody thinks that we gave the crack research team the night off, the yeah. uh, the popular phrasing is, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and that is attributed to one Abraham Maslow published in the Psychology of Science in 1966. Were there any uh, like famous people in this movie, uh, Austin? What do you mean? Well, look at the crack research team on seeing who is in this movie and like, what, what their IMDb credits are. Um, uh, Mark mentioned that Carrie Coon was uh, was Proxima Midnight. Yeah, she must have been the most famous. Oh, one thing I want to say that I haven't said on is that if we get Galactus in the Marvel Universe ever, it's got to be Michael Shannon. <laughs> I, sure. I want that so bad. Michael Shannon as Galactus. Do you want like humanoid Galactus with like the purple trunks and everything? Fuck yeah! Yeah, you need. <laughs> no, I want Michael Shannon yeah, well, better, to play a fucking. He needs cloud. to have a big, big G on his belt. Yeah, big old G that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Good thing he speaks English. And... He appears before whatever race he's devouring as a form familiar to that race, David. Oh, that's right. That's why he speaks in English and has a giant G on his belt because all humans. As you know, wear belts with their first initial on it. He's of he's also of equal power as Agamotto. (laughs) 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 They once fought. You probably didn't know that, did you? I also really loved the line when uh, Wong saves Iron Man, and he's like, "Wong, you're invited to my wedding." I thought that was (laughs) really good. It's too bad we didn't Uh, get more Wong. I know we need more Wong. More Wong, more Wong, everybody. More Wong, uh, just me. More, right, sorry. Wong, Wong. I learned that uh, you should always aim for the head. I guess. Right? Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But they didn't. See, I thought um, that was one of those. I'm sure there's people out there calling that like a plot hole. Like, why didn't you hit him in the head? But I thought that. Well, we call Thor's... it out. It works better. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, it, I thought it fit Thor's character of, like, he's got to get the zinger in of, you know, I told you I was going to kill you, so he needs to, if he gets, he gets him right in the head, then he dies right away, and he doesn't get to put his, uh... Or it's just, like, the easiest target to hit, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, people are like, why don't you shoot him in the head? Well, it's easier said than done. Because there'll be part two. Except on The Walking Dead. 
where everyone can just shoot <laughs> where everyone can shoot that <laughs> while running. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Mark, where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can uh, hear me talk more about Spider Man at Amazing Spider Talk, uh, our podcast, and uh, you can still get my book that I promoted last time I was with you guys. That's 100 Things Spider Man Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. And uh, find me on Twitter at Chasing ASM Blog. Sweet. Ryan? Um, what is uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to read Mark's blog. <laughs> That's all. I'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, yes. Very nice.com. Awesome. Uh, yes. Um, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at the real gentleman of leisure.com. And uh, David, per your request to the crack research team, uh, <laughs> the guy who played Red Skull in this movie was oh, yeah. not Hugo Weaving, who yeah. was the original Red Skull. It was an actor named Ross Marquand, who, David, uh, you just mentioned The Walking Dead. He plays Aaron on The Walking Dead. The uh, the the what mm. Alexandria Scout that uh, yeah. that's the who brought who brought them all in. So there you go. There's our there's our crack research team IMDb <laughs> check for this episode. Second most famous person in that movie. Exactly. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter debating supervillains at Doctor Bits, where I can talk. I talk supervillains out of their nasty plan by using logic. <laughs> Works every time. And you can find me at the Real Gentleman of Leisure um we are a very special episode podcast you can rate us on itunes stitcher google play and podbean you should follow us on twitter at avse pod you can check out our facebook page and talk how awesome we are and you can email us via uh, at avse podcast at gmail.com so, for a very special episode podcast, I'm David Bitsenoffer, and I, I, I don't feel so good. Aww. Finally! <laughs> David's God! <laughs> Thanks, Thanos! That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special going oh shit i think i didn't get it till the oh <laughs> are you recording ryan i'm recording i'm always That's... recording <laughs> you record everything that happens i'm always recording everything you didn't know that oh yeah ryan ryan's like the fbi talking to a trump attorney <laughs> i am oh boy let's not even let's not even <laughs> all right this is super weird. Not like I have no notes. No notes. Well, like it's yeah, all I don't in my have head. any notes. I know. I know.
Like I usually have a little, you know, my little screen up with my notes on. I'm like, mm, I got yeah. nothing. Let's do this. Was I supposed to take? I a got break? a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, Mark. When you watched it the first time, you were supposed to sit in the theater and take notes. You didn't. Know yeah. That. <laughs> you didn't bring a little lamp with you to turn on so you could write. <laughs> Way to go, Mark. <laughs> I actually saw it at really an Alamo cool. Draft House, so I would have had like a pen and paper to like. Oh yeah. But then it would have been like. Oh, I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, it's fine. You can drink during the day and watch a movie. So, <laughs> well, you can do that at many places in Portland. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can do that at my apartment too. I don't know. If you know. That's true. You can drink all day and watch movies at David's house. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't have much for the post-show, so I guess I'll give you this. Marsha Warfield.